SX1, go. SX2 and 3, stand by. Go. Hi everybody, and welcome to Cinephile, a podcast about movies, musicals, and movie musicals. I'm Heather. And I'm Olivia, and we're recent Queen's University grads who both share a love for film and theater. In this episode, which we're calling Mixing Mediums, we'll be discussing Broadway musicals that became movies, from classics like The Sound of Music to recent releases like Cats and In the Heights. In the Heights is the most recent musical to movie release, and we think it also brings forth important dialogue on the translation of stage to screen, mixing mediums, and representation of marginalized voices and communities. Now, as we know, adaptations of Broadway musicals do not always translate well to film as a medium. We suggest three main reasons for this, which is what we will discuss. So um, that being suspension of disbelief, difference in production of film versus theater, and overall film and theater just being different mediums. So I guess um, the sort of main thing around this topic is how in film, everything, we kind of have noticed that everything really has to be real and you can't exactly suspend your disbelief. And kind of going into what that means a little bit more, um, it usually, uh, it's like kind of around how when you're, let's say, watching like a musical, you kind of have to imagine that the the like f- the fictional world of the musical is like a real musical occurring in like current time. And so therefore you have to suspend the like, this is fiction to this is a real show. Yeah, like if we take Cats as an example, um, and it works well in theater because um, it's like theater is all about suggesting things. Um, and, you know, like, you know that that's a human being on stage. You know they're wearing wigs and costumes to look like a cat. But as you're sitting in the theater, you suspend your disbelief and you're like, okay, that's not a human in a costume. That's a cat. So when it comes to like film, which we'll kind of get into a little bit more, um, they kind of want you to also see the fictional world as real, but because it's film, you kind of have to, like, Mm -hmm. it's harder to do the suspension of disbelief in film. There's this expectation that everything has to be real. So when they make their cats um, they're like, well, we can't really make humans into cats because then that, we're just animating it. Then that's not really human people. So that's where you get the weird half-human, half-cat CGI disaster that was Cats 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. It's also, in a way, like important to highlight like how Cats is meant to be a stage show as opposed to like a a full film so I think you know starting off exactly on just CGI is like all right well you're already like completely changing how it was on stage which is people in costumes actors in costumes exactly and it's like it's a concept musical and I don't know I feel like when you put it in film it feels like there should be a story and like there's not a story with cats and yes. the cats is just so theatrical. It's so theater that putting it in film 
it just it just doesn't work it's okay it's already like weird as is but I feel like you expect it to be weird and strange and when you see giant props next to like you know regular sized humans you're you just you (laughs) accept it you're like yeah this is how it's supposed to be but then again with film it, it just takes you out of it because you're like this isn't real you hold it in uh like what's what's real and what's reality and what's fake and being presented to you like in equilibrium and and you kind of just accept it for what is but with film or you can't do it in the same way it's like when you know when you're watching like a movie and Mm -hmm. maybe you're like a lifeguard and you know cpr really well and when they do cpr in in the movies and you know that it's wrong and you're like oh that person's that person would be dead like (laughs) <laughs> but they just can't recreate it in the same way. But it, it takes you out of it because, like I said before, film has that expectation mm-hmm. of everything being real. Whereas, like, if you see things on on stage, you already, like, have this expectation of, like, oh, that's a fake taxi. So, mm. like, obviously they're not driving. So that's not really realistic how they would, you know, have crashed into the bridge or whatever. But True. But you accept <laughs> it because you already know that, like – these things are are fake and you're holding that in your mind and you're keeping that in awares yeah it yeah it really just doesn't translate well to a film also because when you change it to the film you're kind of dealing with already set like film tropes and stuff like that that are like relevant in pretty much every film (laughs) like the hero's journey for example all those types of tropes so it's like because the musical is this like plotless musical it's very like concept you were kind of saying that when they want to bring it into a film they want to give it like some sort of a plot because that's typically how films work but then when you start to bring it into a plot it almost just becomes like a a disaster of sorts because it, it works without needing any sort of like main character and it works as like when you're sitting in the audience watching the show, you're like, you're kind of watching all these events unfold mm-hmm. and you're kind of like not really sure like what's happening, but like it's fun and you're having a good time. The film really like strips the musical of all this like fun, like concept joy and like all this weirdness that works in the show. Well, we're going to get into good, rep- good movies or a good musical to movies and you'll kind of see the difference and how that how a good one is basically everything that cats did wrong (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah so uh i guess we will move on to um the differences in production um and i guess the biggest one we talked about was just time frame the i feel like the typical frame like talking about like pre-production for a film or like however whatever it is I feel like it's usually not the longest I mean yeah some do take longer but I feel like in general they kind of move pretty quick from like okay like here's the money (laughs) and then now let's get the actors and then let's go into like let's finish the script and then maybe in like two years the movie's done so even less sometimes Mm -hmm. so it's just like a pretty quick time frame it moves along they I feel like in general they also have the shorter time frame because 
like people want to see the movie and also they have other movies on their roster yeah. so it's like they're probably dealing with like many things that are coming out in the next few years so it's like they have to really move things along to stick to their schedule um musicals are developed over time they go through so many different like versions yeah. they go through so many different workshops they go through previews and they they're constantly changing and evolving they're mm-hmm. rewriting songs they're they're taking things out they're putting things in oh okay we need to try this lighting cue okay that didn't work we're gonna do this now and yeah, yeah it's really more of like a a development process I feel um film I feel like okay obviously the script I'm sure it goes through like a lot of revisions and stuff but theater's this labor of love yeah and they they just like don't have the time to really like do all the same sort of revisions that um theater does Mm -hmm. yeah film is just like this I mean well both film and theater are ultimately businesses but yeah, but I, I think film is just this much bigger business. There's so much more money in film um, with the, the big producers and, and you know, like they'll get like triple the budget of what you get in, in theater. Um, yeah, I mean, like there is the money aspect of theater probably not having nearly as much as like a big film production might have. But yeah, like people are really doing it or actors because – they're like committed to it and they're passionate about what they're working on and they're like there to work on it for like super long because mm-hmm. even when you were talking about in the heights like some of the original cast and well I think it first premiered in like 2005 or like a very long time ago oh really even yeah like the first workshop and then like 2009 I think is when they had their Broadway yeah I was gonna say but that's like a big gap 2005 to nine like even yeah. there like and I think the majority of cast was still the same so it was like they clearly were in it because they loved it they weren't really in it as much uh, for the money Mm -hmm. and like that's not to say that like you know the people who make films don't love what they do but it's like it's just I think they're just collaborative in in different ways a film I I feel like you know everybody has their role and you, you do your thing and that's that's it whereas theater it's it's like I said before it's more of that community yeah. aspect uh and then when it comes down to it like the actual running time theater and like musicals they they can be two hours they can be four hours they can be three hours like um whereas movies they're it's like you you have two hours and I mean with the exception of like Avengers being like th- three hours and yeah, those are that's okay. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll give that exception. But uh, you know, people have short attention spans, and they they typically can't hang on for that long. Yeah, or else you just get bored. You're like, all right, yeah. let's move things along with the story. But somehow, like theater's able to keep you engaged yeah. for longer periods of time. I feel like also you've sort of mentioned this, even because there's so many different characters on in a theater show that are doing different things you kind of can like move your attention around and like you can't Hmm. exactly do the same thing with film because they really want you to focus on what the one character is doing at that one moment Hmm. of time you're not really focusing on like someone off to stage left (laughs) you're just like yeah like you can only see what they want you to see pretty much which like that's it's not it's not like a good or bad thing necessarily um but it's just it's just different yeah it's, different. it's just different yeah o- on the sort of the runtime the the need to cut things um which can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing um 
and sometimes changing things around like in the sound of music they um they changed around some of the songs um like they put favorite things was uh, maria originally was singing that to mother mm-hmm. abbas and then they changed that in the movie too she's singing it to the kids um yeah. during the thunderstorm um and then in the original uh uh, musical she that's when she sang the lonely goat herd which she sang just she the, her and the children sing that later in in the movie um and mm. honestly like those are very marginal differences and it's i honestly i think it's probably just up to personal preference like for me i feel mm-hmm. like favorite things makes more sense during the thunderstorm because the yeah. kids are actually like scared and she's like here's what you do when you're scared you think about your favorite things and that's actually like really cute. Exactly. Where it's like as cute as the lonely goat herd is like it, it gives you nothing when you're scared. <laughs> like it's distraction, which potato potato, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like changes like that, they yeah. they have to be made for film because it's obviously a different medium than theater. Um and I, I think there's a there's a song between um Elsa and Max oh. um in the musical that did that didn't make it into the movie which I would have loved to see. Like once I, I like learned about that song, I was like, oh, that's such a fun song. Like they should have put it in. But um, at the same time, I don't feel like you're losing too much. It's just one of those theater things where mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to focus on another character. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to look at like another aspect of this. Um, whereas the right. movie focuses mainly on Maria <laughs> yeah. and, and the captain, which is, is fine. Um, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, like, I, I feel like you, you really don't lose too much there. Yeah. I mean, I think like the film still stands as like, not even the fact that it's like a musical, just like that aside, like it's just a classic movie too. So I think it's like, they did a really good job of like using the songs and like the musical element, but not making it Mm -hmm. like feel like it's this like big Broadway musical. Like they just really make it feel Mm -hmm. like it's the, it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. (laughs) Just to briefly mention as well, kind of on the, the not good train. So like another recent musical to movie is also the prom and I got to see that on Broadway, which was fun because it was an original show. And I was like really excited because there aren't really too many like fully original shows right now. But then but then they closed the musical after only like a year. And I was like, that sucks. And then they announced the movie. And I was like, oh, great. We're going to have it like as a movie, too. Um, but then but then I, I watched it and I was very, very disappointed because I just felt like they changed they changed the story of the musical, whereas like <laughs> in the musical it focused more on like Emma, the main character. So that's what the musical did. And then the movie, it like focused more on the celebrity aspect and like they were actually like James Corden <laughs> and like Andrew Reynolds. Um, so it was like it focused a little bit more. Oh, even Meryl Streep is in it. But they definitely focused more on like the celeb- the celebrity aspect, and I was kind of just disappointed because, like, the story should be more about Emma and like her struggle and like her story, but it it wasn't as much, so that kind of pissed me off. And also, it just like wasn't it just wasn't that good. It was it was very like fluffy. I would say there wasn't a lot of substance there. And I think they could have done so much better, like casting the people that were in 
the musical in the movie because I know they auditioned for it. Yeah, you don't feel like you're missing anything on on either side, which I think is is probably the the best that you can do when you're when you're mixing these mediums and it's it's certainly not an easy thing to do it's it's very very difficult as we see like you know the the musical the movie musical adaptations range from excellent to really really bad (laughs) (laughs) and I think I think there's definitely a tendency to do that when when they make Broadway musicals in, into movies is, you know, the Hollywood aspect of it takes over and they want to hire the big Hollywood stars because it's going to draw people to come and, and watch it. Um, which from a business mm-hmm. standpoint, I get it. Like, it, you know, it, you're, you're making a lot of money and like, you know, we saw that with cats. That's, it, it's just, it's kind of sad that they don't, um, they don't always hire the yep. Broadway stars because like, they they know it well and they're they're good they're really good and mm-hmm. they're in it for a reason and i think it's all about like making the musicals digestible for the wider audience yes. and again i get it not everybody's into musicals and and in theater and they want people to be interested in it but um at the same time i i feel like you're sacrificing a piece of it and mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like an art purist, but but I'm all about like let's preserve the story. I I'd rather like be on a sinking ship um where we make no money and have the story be immaculate. <laughs> Sometimes I don't think you need to make I don't think you need to turn the musical into mm-hmm. a movie. Sometimes they are just better left as separate mediums and art forms because they're just so different. And I feel like people like to like just loop theater film into like this big like mesh of like mm-hmm. the arts. But I think at the end of the day, there's still different mediums that thrive on their own because that's the form they were made to be in. I think that's something I love about theater is that no two performances are going to be the same. Like, even yes. if you see, like, Dear Evan Hansen, like, five different times, it, not one of them is going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and I think that's really cool. But it's something that you don't get when you translate a, a Broadway musical into uh, a movie, is it's going to be the same every single time. And, yeah, there's something, like – nice about sort of discovering something new each time that you watch it and you know maybe if the first time you watch it like you're only watching the snobby um the maybe the second time you're you're watching uh the -hmm. piragua guy like the whole time and you're like oh my gosh he's here and he's here and i didn't notice this and yeah a film has this big emphasis on like show don't tell um and i think like theater in general is is very much like it it can be show don't help but it's it's very much like focused on the story and it's like what's the story whose story are we telling and how are we communicating that to the audience and it, story is so important um in in every aspect of it like how many times do you like do you watch a show 
And then they drop the ball with the story. And then, it, like, the ending sucks. And you're like, why? Why did you ruin it? <laughs> yeah, because I think, like, I guess you could kind of say, like, an important part of storytelling is also, like, finding in- different interpretations within the story. But I think you need to have a really solid story so people aren't just, like, wondering what's going on or, like, what's going to happen. You kind of, like, yeah, I mean, well, that I mean, sometimes you want to, wonder what's gonna happen obviously but for theater it's definitely like harder to imagine the actual story you definitely need to have a solid like like okay like we're getting like this like event a event b event c like you kind of need to have that flow but like film I think also yeah like film relies on like good cinematography to tell its own its story in its own way so it's like it doesn't rely as much on like a super solid plot because I think you can kind of fill in the gaps in a way. There's something to be said about like um, musical performances that are filmed. Mm-hmm. Like Hamilton is is the most recent yeah. example. Um, they did that with Newsies as well. Um, and even even that, it takes something away from yeah. the the liveness, the the theater aspect of it because you are sort of being told where to look yeah and you know theater was not meant to be filmed it was meant to be you're sitting in the audience you're watching it with like a thousand Mm -hmm. other people um and you know you're you're getting the energy from the from the actors and they're getting energy from you and you're getting energy from the people next to you and yeah there's just something about sitting in the dark with other people and and watching it and being able to like look away from Alexander Hamilton and look over and see oh my gosh Eliza's on the balcony right now yeah yeah exactly and not to quote Hamilton but like it really is different when you're in the room where it happens because like (laughs) it's just I don't know you can't you can't replicate that experience of being in a theater even though like it was really great getting to watch Hamilton on Disney mm-hmm. Plus because I've never seen the Broadway version because it's super, super expensive and like tickets are always sold out. And that, though I have seen it, I did get to see it in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, the Broadway version is still like that's the original cast. So like, yeah, I mean, it's great that it was filmed and like it makes it so much more accessible mm-hmm. to be able to just watch it on Disney Plus whenever you want. And like, I believe they broke a bunch of records on the first day that it um was like premiered I guess yeah I I remember watching an interview with Lynn and he was saying thousand like millions of people are gonna watch this but Mm -hmm. over the you know the the five years or like however many years that like they were they were in it and they were doing it he's like you know only like 40,000 people got to see it. I don't actually know the real number, but like only a, like a small number of people got to see it because the theater only has a thousand seats and now millions of people get to see it. And so, yeah, yeah like you said, it gives people access where mm-hmm. they, they wouldn't have had access to this before. Um, and that's yeah. really cool because I think theater um, – has traditionally been yeah. um, somewhat of an exclusionary art form like because elitist. it's thought of like this this high art elitist sort of thing. There's there's so much like value and there's so much that I love about theater and and um, I think making it more accessible is definitely something that we should do. And 
something to be mm-hmm. said about film is that it it makes art accessible for people. Film acts as like a good like accessible version of mm-hmm. theater because when we were all stuck in our houses, we were watching Hamilton because we had that because we had mm-hmm. that we were able to do it. And I think like there's that other side of the coin where people are like, okay, maybe uh, more theater should be filmed because it's super, it's still super mm-hmm. expensive. Like a Broadway show is like anywhere from like 150 <clears throat> to like 400 $500 for a ticket, even more. So it's like mm-hmm. when you watch it on Disney yeah. Plus, you're what if that's like a $12 a month subscription like it's such a better like priced thing and you can still watch Mm -hmm. the story even though you're not like there with it but I mean like live but I think that Mm -hmm. um when we're all stuck at home with nothing to do we can watch some theatrical (laughs) filmed productions Mm -hmm. I think both in film and theater um I think you know, you have to address the fact that um, white people, especially old white men, have have run have run both run the show haha, um, for a really long time. Um, and, you know, there's they're still running it pretty much. Um, but um, I you know, I feel like there's a glimmer of hope that we're starting to move towards allowing um, other voices and other stories to be told, um, which is a really, really good thing. I definitely think like film itself still has like a ways mm-hmm. to go before really being like this completely like accessible storytelling medium. I think definitely like when you go into like production companies and like mm-hmm. really look at like who's in charge there's not really too many people of color. It's, like, very white. So I think they, that's, like, their own – that's, like, mm-hmm. a film's own problem that I think they've never really they're, – they're slowly, slowly working on it with, like, directors, which I think is, like, super awesome. But I think when you start going up the chain, you still have, like, quite a ways to go. And, again, I, I'm not going to ignore um, the history of – of theater being racist we're not going to ignore the whole jim crow uh blackface none of that um yeah like (laughs) definitely historically uh white people have taken over roles for people of color um that all of that being said (laughs) i think it's really nice to see um stories like in the heights where it's it really like shows um, that the Latinx community and it celebrates it and, you know, notwithstanding the the issues that were mentioned about not representing um, enough dark-skinned Latinx and mm-hmm. Afro-Latinx people. Um, but I, I think, I think it's a, yeah. I think it's a good start. True. I think we got to go from somewhere, but. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. At, like at the end, film is definitely like inaccessible, um, like root but I definitely think so many people are have gotten the chance to see the uh, film in the heights where I'm sure most people never got to see the musical either so I think like that's so great that like us and like so many people were able to see like 
such a like fantastic story that yeah like centers on like the latinx community which is awesome in in queens exactly <laughs> or, yeah washington heights or washington heights <laughs> and uh yeah and i think it's great like it opens the door to um a, like a community in a world that like we as like white women would like mm-hmm. would never know we would never um really get to experience yeah. um exactly. and it's just yeah it's just really yes. really nice to see like the yeah. world from somebody else's perspective For honestly sure. it's yeah, it's something I want to see. And it's also, like, it's nice to see, you know, them not represented in, like, a a derogatory way to actually see them represented, <laughs> yeah. like. A hundred percent. Like, stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, not stereotype, like, as, as people. And, and actually, mm-hmm. you know, being able to relate to them and being like, oh, you know, like, maybe I know somebody who's went through that struggle or I, I've been through a similar struggle. And, yeah. and oh, you know what? I see how close like Usnavi is with Abuela and you know, I was really yeah. close with my grandmothers, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a lot of relatability, I'm sure. And I mean, yeah, like they did have to cut some songs here and mm-hmm. there, but um, I think like overall, like it's still as like from the film perspective, it's still like a super good film, even alone. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah. And when when you translate theater to film, like we said, there's things that that are sacrificed, like just due to the the nature of of either medium. But I think a lot of times, like elements of the story get sacrificed, songs get cut. And like, you know, if you are a huge fan of a musical, when you hear a song gets cut, you're like, oh, like, no, why did they cut that? Um, and I guess you could say that, like, you know, maybe they're just like, okay, we got to be ruthless. We got to just, okay, this is not necessary for, for the story. We're going to, we're just going to cut it out. And like, I think In the Heights is a good example there where like, I think the changes that they made, I think they were good. Um, yeah. I don't agree with all of the changes. I think some of them like didn't really make sense, For especially sure. like they they didn't like they they made Abuela's death song uh, Pensia e, e Fe. Yeah. And like, so mm-hmm. you don't like I was watching a review video and someone's like, you don't get to know Abuela. And then until that song and then she dies after that. And it's like you like don't care in the movie and yeah like just listening to like hundreds of stories you can like you can just hear the bond between um usnavi and abuela and it's like that that should have been included in there and i know they had like they had moments and they tried to put that in there when Mm -hmm. when you can't speak anymore like the song transcends that and we we know that that yeah you know musicals do that they have that ability and it's almost like you don't know the musical because if you knew the musical, why would you cut that? Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because, like, the movie is actually longer than the musical. But, like, I think, I mean, there's definitely more, like, timely aspects of the musical. I mean, the the like, the movie that they didn't have in the musical. Like, I think they included some different stuff about... Current issues? Like, um, yeah, like, gentrification. Mm-hmm, uh, like, immigration. Those were not yeah, yeah. talked about so much yeah and i think that was good that they added that like they made it more 
like updated more like relevant to the problems of today which is is great like that's a fantastic change I think yeah I agree but I definitely think they could have kept uh, what's it called sunrise I I feel like they like 100% could have kept a bit more about um Nina and Benny's relationship because I feel like they kind of sidelined it to tell some other stories at the forefront and I feel like their relationship I mean, they also got rid of mm-hmm. the entire thing about how her dad didn't agree of them being together because, like, he wasn't Latino. So, like, not to say whatever, but I think in a sense it's also kind of timely. So they definitely, like, I don't think mm-hmm. they had to get rid of so much about their relationship because I think um, it's a really sweet relationship. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and they did the thing. <laughs> that they like to do and they put in uh, yeah. a narrator or a stand-in yeah. for the audience yeah, the kids. With, with, their, yeah. with their kid and okay they were high horrible. key those kids were so oh cute God. so freaking cute and I loved the moment no. at the end where he was she was like daddy can we go swimming and he's like ask your mother and it was yeah, like you knew exactly. you knew it was gonna be Vanessa yeah and it was so freaking cute okay. was it necessary that being said <laughs> was not necessary no we yeah, didn't need it like the way the way that it was is written I agree I think because like well how theater works is like the audience is watching the story and like they don't like you, you don't really need like a narrator. Yeah, some shows decide to have a narrator because that's how they want to tell their story. But I feel like you're watching it so like intently that you don't need narration of setting up the scenes of what's to happen. I just I just feel like they could have probably cut some of that and maybe made room for other things. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cutting things, I love Lynn. And I was all here for a Lynn cameo. Mm-hmm. And when he was in the a first cameo. number and he came in with a little – a cameo. Keyword here, cameo. I was all in for – in the first number, he comes in with a little Pirago yeah. card. And I was like, so cute. They had Lynn in there. Love it. <laughs> and then he kept showing up. And I was like, this isn't a cameo. You just gave him a role. Pretty much. <laughs> like, well, the the Pirago guy, like, I mean, that's obviously still in the musical. But, like – and he is a character. But, like – Well, okay. And, and I, I, like – I get the, like, having the Piragua guy in. He's a bit of, like, comic relief. He's a bit of, like, okay, we're going to show, like, the gentrification of the neighborhood, the hardworking, like, people versus, yeah. like, what's new. I get it. <laughs> but if you're cutting yeah. things essential <laughs> and not essential to the new. story, Piragua, not essential. Cut mm-hmm. him. I love him, but cut him. <laughs> no. We don't need him. Get him out. <laughs> we don't need him. Or like they literally could have just kept him in the like the little post credit scene. That's all they needed. <laughs> and maybe just that yeah, one part of the beginning. That was That's so it. funny. They, they really didn't need that song. Like they could have cut him and again yeah. save time for other things. So mm-hmm. you could have put in the songs we wanted to see. You could have you could have not cut Camila and kept enough in because yeah. Oh my god, yeah, that's the other thing. <laughs> they literally completely cut Nina's mom and just said that she was mm. dead. Like what? She has an entire. <laughs> she's an entire role in the musical, mm-hmm. and I liked her because she kind of acts as this like 
like peacekeeper and like keeps the calm and like yeah yeah and like she has full songs and they were just like nope she's She's gone she's dead (laughs) nina's mom Nicaragua guy cut her out (laughs) (laughs) sacrifice (laughs) no but all joking aside i think overall they did a really good job Mm -hmm. with it and i came away and i was like oh I love joy in my heart. I, I miss theater. This Same. is so nice. Same. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should um, mm-hmm. wrap this up. So I guess final thoughts for me is that, you know, sometimes it works to put movies into musicals, as you you mentioned earlier. Yeah, And sometimes it doesn't. And I think we really need to be choosy about what we're making into musicals because otherwise, you know, we get scarring things like terrifying cat people and nobody wants that. And And by the way, there's no way Andrew Lloyd Webber approved of that movie. Just saying. (laughs) They were like, if we pay you this much money, can we do it? And he was like, sure. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess also sort of going um, like back to what we said before, but I definitely think that we need to continue making like marginalized voices heard mm-hmm. and putting like more Latinx representation, more everything representation because there's so many like beautiful stories that I'm sure are just waiting for their time to be told mm-hmm. and I like how you wrote in the like notes but just like listen to theater people <laughs> <Yes>. period <Yeah. laughs> when it comes to the adaptations like, listen to the theater people I think, Hollywood execs you yes. take a backseat <laughs> yeah exactly they don't they don't get it like we do yeah <laughs> they're all about the uh, the business of film yeah exactly Yes. Um, All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Um, Hopefully there's more than just our parents listening to this. Um, Hi, parents, if you uh, are. Hi, mom and dad. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So stay tuned for part two of this where we will discuss movie musicals um, such as Greatest Showman and Mary Poppins and everyone's favorite Grease 2. And just to clarify those are musicals that started out as movies and then perhaps Mm -hmm. moved to the stage follow us on instagram at cinephile podcast for info updates and fun posts make sure to subscribe if you haven't already and we'll be putting out new episodes bi-weekly on fridays heather and i also just want to acknowledge two things First, that we did briefly touch on the history of racism in theater and film, and we want to encourage everyone who is listening to make sure you learn about that history. We believe it's an important step in dismantling the barriers and challenges Black, Indigenous, and people of color have faced and continue to face in the theater and film industries. We will be posting some resources that we have found helpful in our learnings as a place to start on our Instagram. Second, that we would like to acknowledge the land on which we gather. Where I, Olivia, live is part of the treaty lands and territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit. In particular, I acknowledge the territory of the Anishinaabek, Huron-Wendat, 
Haudenosaunee, and Ojibwe and Chippewa peoples, the land that is home to the Métis, and most recently the territory of the Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation, who are direct descendants of the Mississaugas of the Credit. I also wanted to acknowledge the land that I reside on, and as quoted from the City of Vaughan Aboriginal Territorial Acknowledgement, I respectfully acknowledge that I'm situated on traditional territories and treaty lands, in particular those of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nation, as well as the Anishinaabeg of the Williams Treaty First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, and the Métis Nation. As representatives of the people of the City of Vaughan, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to work and live in this territory. For thousands of years, Indigenous peoples inhabited and cared for this land, and continue to do so today. We encourage all our listeners to research which lands you are situated on and learn about the history behind colonial settlers and Indigenous peoples. Again, a list of resources will be posted on our Instagram to get you started. That's at Cenophile Podcast. Thanks again for listening, and see you yeah. next time. Thanks for listening. And end of show. <laughs>